WNRI's Upfront. The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at 7690600. And now, let's join the Upfront panel. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Upfront program for this uh, Thursday morning. I'm Roger Bouchard, and I'm here uh, every Thursday along with Christopher Boulay. And today is no exception. It's going to be an interesting program because I'm looking at uh, some of the topics that uh, Chris has uh, sent to me for uh, consideration. And, um, you know, just just like I was thanking people for helping us out at Autumn Fest, Jeff and Dick, and uh, JR and uh, Mike Smith and Joe Luker and Terry Turner and James Dunn and Rick Mernier and Nicola Liberty and Kim and Brenda and Anna and Francine. They were all uh, assisting us. I want to thank you for your preparation on this program here every, um, every Tuesday and Thursday when we get together. So it's really appreciated. You bring a lot to the table. Thank you, Chris. Good morning. Good morning, Roger. Good morning, listeners. And th- what's this thing in front of me? Is this a microphone? This is a microphone. <laughs> can, I, can I use it this you, morning for you, like an hour or so? You can. we got a lot to talk about. But on the other hand, as you know, Chris, there are rules, and it is a talk show. So, therefore, we do encourage callers to call us. So, if you've got something you want to say, say it. And you can do that at 769-0600-766-1380. If you don't want to say it in person... You can say it via the um, via the email upfront at wnri.com. And um, I see here uh, in a something that you sent to me from the Winsocket call. I do want to mention, since I have you in my company, um, that a few of our sponsors and a few of our people that we know really did nicely in the Winsocket call Reader's Choice Survey. We'll start with WNRI. Thank you for number one station. Thank you for making this program, and I'm sure you have a role in it, uh, Chris, uh, the Upfront program, number one. And thank you for uh, choosing Wayne Barber as our uh, favorite personality. He has three shows here on WNRI. And also, um, so you did all right, too, uh, Chris, right? Uh, How many years in a row have you won uh, uh, Best uh, Financial Advisor? Well, I appreciate you uh, recognizing that. I've been fortunate enough to be chosen for five years in a row as a financial advisor in Blackstone Valley. And I really appreciate um, the support I've gotten. I really appreciate my clients and really appreciate being part of Northern Rhode Island. I've lived here my entire life and um, really can't go anywhere without seeing folks. Or, um, and it's uh, it's great part of living in the small state union. It's great part of living in the Blackstone Valley. And um, I really appreciate the support I've been given. Yeah, and a lot of businesses like K's uh, did very, very nicely Absolutely. In, in the uh, Reader's Choice Survey, and you'll hear about that a little bit later on in the program. So, I, I haven't been at K's since Tuesday. All so, right, yeah. and uh, this is uh, Thursday. Well, yeah. you're overdue, that's for sure. This is the Upfront Program. What do you want to talk about? We're doing open line conversation uh, today, and uh, the same will take place tomorrow when John Brian is here. Topic number one, uh, you um, have to bring it up because my coffee is waiting in the microwave. <laughs> and uh, I, you know I like my, my coffee nice. It's old, but it's hot. Yes, isn't that a great thing to have a microwave to reheat your coffee? My rule until I change it is to try to start the show talking about the economy, talking about the stock market. And then just move on to other topics. And if 
uh, the listeners want to call in and uh, opine on something or want me to uh, extrapolate more, I will. Uh, interestingly enough, as I mentioned before, the market's down slightly off its all-time highs. Nothing to be, really be fearful about. But this morning, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is up 250 points, and there's something called earnings season. So after every quarter, the Fortune 500 companies and other companies report on their earnings. And right now, the banks are under focus. Um, the banks, the large banks, whether you like them or not, are the underpinning of the economy in sense they've got the capital to finance these big businesses and we do have the strongest banking system in the world by far it was really challenged in 08 09 there's a lot of changes that the government made some of them i don't like some of them i think were very well done but the capitalization is very strong so the banks are all reporting in the last couple of days bank of america wells fargo city morgan stanley all have had terrific earnings part of the earnings is something to pay attention to is the net interest uh, spread so that's how much you pay CDs and what have you to get that money and how much you borrow out. There's the old saying for banks. It used to be you borrow at 3% from the customers, you lend out at 6%, and you tee off at 3 So it's a little more complicated than that. But the banks are doing phenomenal. Their net interest margins are doing very, very well. Anyone who goes and tries to get a CD right now, the rates are terrible. Interest rates are low, but they certainly have a spread there that's working out and much better than people expected. The other part about that is releasing reserves. In other words, when the pandemic happened, they put aside reserves and say, these businesses are going to potentially go out of business that we've lent money to. And we've got to put money aside and say, okay, our loss... Uh, loan losses are going to be higher than than uh, usual. The government uh, stepped in quite a bit with the PPP loans and other things, and it hasn't all worked itself out. But really, these banks are releasing the loan reserves back and saying, we put aside more money than we really need. The economy is actually doing very, very well. Now, we'll talk about inflation later on. But right now, if you're looking at the market very, very short term, it's a positive news in the banks. And the banks will reflect the economy. And the economy is still relatively strong. There are issues where people, we're trying to you know, find people to go back to work. We've got issues that were highlighted this morning. We are trying to get barges and, and, and get ships to unload their uh, goods from other parts of the world. So, But in a nutshell, that's uh, what's going on right now. The banks are doing very, very well. I can't understand that. <laughs> um, 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 how about, does anybody, like, actually put their money in a savings account and... And 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 leave it there. And um, and how can banks get away with offering so little interest? Well, again, if you if you go and you're trying to re- refinance a mortgage right now, get a mortgage, you're probably going to be under three percent. So it's just the fact. I, I remember my my dad at one point. We're going back many many years. Um, he was getting five percent on his money in the bank, and his mortgage was four percent when he had a mortgage. It's like I'm not paying the sucker off. But I had that conversation. Um, that's one of the pillars of conversations I have with my clients: is how much money to keep in the bank. Um, you know, you, you want to have a, enough where you when you put your head on your pillow that you're going to be comfortable. But you don't want to have so, so much that you're actually draining your, your returns. And we have those, I have those conversations at uh, all the time. And then many of my clients uh, who like to travel and, and spend money weren't going to restaurants. They weren't traveling, of course, and the money was just accumulating. 
we're not at the point, we've talked about this before, there are other parts of the world where they have negative interest rates where you're actually paying the bank to hold your money. That would be devastating, in my opinion, in, in, in America, and it's something that the Federal Reserve has pushed aside. But the banks are borrowing from the Federal Reserve from zero to 0.25%. I saw a uh, CD come across my desk. I, I really, really do CDs. But because I work for a, a major uh, investment firm, we have broken CDs from CDs are around the country and some around the world. And this was 10 years callable, 1.75%. So theoretically, you'd have you tie your money up for 1.75% for 10 years. If I'm your financial advisor, I'm really not recommending that kind of investment. But the banks are, and we talk about this, I love talking about Marquette Credit Union. One of the reasons why I'm into finance is my dad used to drag me around. He used to drag me around to Price's Jobs and used to uh, take me to the bank and um, remember those CD rates at Eastland Bank and Marquette Credit Union at double digits. And it's like, why would you invest in the stock market when you can get those kind of returns? Conversely, right now, um, we have Tiener. There is no alternative. So if you have a stock that's holding water, treading water, not making much money, not losing much money, but the interest rate is on the dividend is 3.5%, you're certainly going to be better off than what you'd be in the bank. Um, these rates aren't going to be forever, but we've had a what they call a bond bubble for 30 years. Um, when I uh, got a mortgage, Renfac mortgage in 1991, my rate was 8.5%, and that was a damn good rate. Now... Uh, uh, no, nobody's going to pay 8.5%. That'd be serious. Hey, if you have a comment about uh, what we're talking about or you'd like to introduce a new comment about something going on in our, uh, in our country or in our world or in our state for that matter, you're welcome to call 769-0600 as um, we welcome in a new candidate for governor of the state of Rhode Island. And I would imagine uh, this is a, a heavy grade, heavy duty, qualified, bona fide uh, candidate and a woman. Mm-hmm. And uh, going into a primary, I'm not quite sure if anybody's going to get um, 20% of the vote out there. This is crazy, huh? Yeah, Helena Folks is a longtime executive of CVS. She left a while. I think she went to work for a, be the CEO of another company. Um, but very well respected in the industry. And, you, you know, you wonder why would somebody, uh, you know, want to work for, I don't know, was it $170,000 uh, who's been so successful? But we've, we've had that situation where, uh, you know, Gina Romando was a very successful hedge fund manager, uh, actually a uh, principal with uh, her company, Point Judith Capital, and she went on to become treasurer, went on to become governor, and now probably makes a couple hundred grand um, working in the cabinet, but is able to have two houses, one here in Providence and one in Washington, D.C. Her and her husband had done very, very well. So not that money's everything. Um, and as you said, it's going to be a very fractured uh, primary. So uh, I'm sure she'll be on WNRI at some point uh, saying why she should be governor, and uh, I'd be interested to hear. You know, you, you think of, you know, she, she's running as a Democrat. You think of Kacheri, and I always think of him, came out of the woodwork, worked for Cook's Son America, was a CEO, and, and I, I thought he was a really good governor. Some people probably don't feel that way, but if you have that business sentiment, that business thought, and try to run the state to a certain extent like a business, you, you're going to be probably pretty successful than, than some of these people like Matt Brown who just want to run it into the ground or don't want to run into the ground but are going to run into the ground if you gave them the keys. All right. It is going to be an, an interesting uh, situation. And, you know, 
we're talking as if this uh, election were around the corner. It's over a year from now. <laughs> is that because we don't have anything to talk about on talk shows? Or is it, yeah. uh, is it just such an interesting combination of candidates coming together? I don't right know. I, 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 got a, I got a wonderful email from uh, my company uh, yesterday. It reminded me that I'm a covered person, so I can't give any political contribution. So I'm like, I'm, I just hold it with a badge of honor. Uh, didn't give them to me. <laughs> hey, let's take our first phone call of the morning. You're on the upfront program. Thank you for calling. Hi, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Good morning. Um, got a financial question. Um, so, so Raj, uh, could you help on this question yeah, here? I'm ready. Go, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm teasing. No. Um, I, uh, so I've got my money kind of spread out. You know, I've got uh, 401k, Roth IRA. And then, um, you know, I came into a little bit of a lump sum, and I've got some in like an... Uh, I forgot exactly what it's called. It's like a, a managed asset portfolio or something sure, like that. Sure, like an advisory portfolio, yes. Right, right. And, um, and you know, I'm getting kind of frustrated with, like, how we're at all-time high, you know, stock market and everything. It just seems like, you know, for the past six months or so, it's just kind of, like, leveling off. And I'm looking at the, the, the uh, Dow Jones Industrial Average, and that's kind of like, it looks like it's kind of, on a precipice here and um you know and i'm thinking to myself man i wish i put uh, a third of my money into uh some cryptocurrency last year at this time you know what, what are your thoughts about all that well it's we we've had a hell of a run and one of the things that you want to really do is take a look at a long-term chart you can go on the um the internet and you can see how the chart just keeps going up and up and up in terms of the Dow Jones Industrial Average in terms of how the market has returned but when you take it in terms of one month, three months, six months it's very, very, very difficult the worst I've ever seen and I wasn't in the business but the 70s where the Dow Jones Industrial Average opened up the 70s at a thousand and finished the 70s at a thousand the way things are working out that's probably not probable we never know but I would, I would find somebody you trust and have them take a look at your portfolio and, and make sure uh, that you're doing the right things. And you've got – nobody ever came to me with a bag of money and said they want two bags of money. What, is, what do you want to do with your money? How do you want it to benefit your lifestyle, your heirs? You know, what do you want to do with it? But I would you – know, unless you want to do it yourself, find somebody you trust and get a couple of opinions about how they can do it and how they can uh, protect your portfolio because – yeah, it really depends on your risk tolerance, and I don't mean to be so general, but some people want to be 70-30, some people want to be super aggressive, some people want to be half, saying, hey, if I do half stocks, half bonds, I can only be half wrong. But I, w- I would have a professional look at it, and but recognize that um, yeah, people, and I mentioned this the other day, you're going to focus on the high points, and we're 3% off. It's not going to go straight up, and, that why, and that's why it makes it challenging. And I don't know if I answered your question there, uh, uh, directly or indirectly, if you want to follow up with the question. Yeah, it was kind of, <laughs> it, it, it's stuff that I already kind of knew, you know, I've got a financial advisor, he, you know, he, he just kind of tries to, you know, calm me down when I start getting upset about these things, and, uh, you know, he says basically the same things you are. And, yeah, um, yeah, you know, you know it's, 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 go ahead, uh, go ahead. No, it's just funny how, um, you know, nobody wants to talk about the whole Christmas 
cryptocurrency. I understand it's kind of a new, a new. Uh, oh, that I didn't there. answer. I, let me answer that question directly. Um, there are many people, much wealthier than I, much smarter than I, who are investing in cryptocurrency. You've got major corporations. You've got Elon Musk. At the end of the day, it just feels to me like the tulips of the 14th century in the Netherlands. Somebody's going to realize why are you buying this? Why are you buying it? And if you purchase it, you got to be prepared to lose it all because there's no fiat. Uh, it's not a fiat currency. There's no country behind it. And my personal opinion is there are very, many, many people, powerful people, who don't want to see this go well. You know, you got the Federal Reserve, the European Bank. I don't think it's in their best interest to see cryptocurrency go well. But at the end of the day... If you buy a couple of bitcoins and you pay, put $120,000 in it and it's down to five or $10,000, um, I, can, I can see that happening. I, I see it like the tulips. Somebody's going to wake up and say, what the hell is this worth? Why is you paying for this? Um, I, I, I stay away from them by and large. Yeah. Well, you know, we see a lot of, uh, you know, the bigger corp, you know, companies and stuff, they're starting to accept cryptocurrency as payment. So, right, and, and if I – go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. I cut you off. Go ahead. Finish. No, I mean, the, you know, the more that they – the more that people use it, the more it's worth. You know, it's, it's just like the dollar, you know. I mean, the dollar is just backed by, you know, trust in the American Federal Reserve, you know. And it's like, you know, people are losing faith in that in places. And, you know, I, I think that's why people want to invest in this so that they, you know – you know, they just have something that's theirs, and it can't be, you know, taxed. It's private, you know, and, you know, they, you could, now, I mean, they you get taxed when you, you know, after you use it. But, you know, while it's in there and it's growing... Yes, and for, and for years and years, I'm sorry, for years and years, uh, precious metals has been that hedge, and, and they haven't done as great as you'd expect. Gold and silver, platinum, they've all been that hedge against the weak U.S. dollar, and we're going to talk about inflation. But if you, if you have a financial advisor you, you, you like and trust, I would set up a meeting, go over everything, and make sure that where you are now is going to get you where you want to be, and that's all you want to do. It's never going to be a straight ride, and I really appreciate the call. Thank you. Yep. Good day. Have a great one. This is the Upon Program. We'll do another call, then we'll do a break. Hello, and thank you for waiting. And what do you want to talk about today? Yeah, um, yeah. wanted to, <laughs> to tell you one thing. I have, a, I have a good friend in Maine who lives in a very, very obscure area. And his retirement is 100% physical collectible gold. Have you ever heard of anything like that, Chris? Well, they, yes, they call them gold bugs. My, my rule of thumb is, you know, no 5%, no more than 10%. Um, the problem with gold is it doesn't pay a dividend while you wait. So when people complain about the stocks and how, you know, the gentleman before pointed that he's very frustrated, hasn't moved for a, a little bit, gold is, is that on steroids. It could be years before gold moves or oil or any commodities and all of a sudden you have a tremendous amount. If you remember back a year ago, um, oil futures were trading at the negative. They've never seen that before. I think we're going back maybe 15, 16 months. The futures were closing at negative. Never seen that before. Now you got oil going through the roof so if this person can take the volatility of going up and down and not getting a dividend then so be it it wouldn't be the recommendation i would make i would probably keep somebody under 10 percent but i grew up when i grew up one of my best one of my best friend's father 
swore by gold and oil and, and did very, very well. It wasn't his whole portfolio, but he did really well. So if you can take the volatility and, again, if you have an S&P, I'm going to juxtapose the gold to an S&P 500. If you hold the S&P 500 index right now, you're probably getting a dividend of eh, 2%. So that's 2%. That's many times what you're getting in the bank. No matter what they're paying in the bank, you hold gold, you're getting zero. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, I thought I just think it's interesting that he that he does that in general, you know. But um, I was going to about Governor um, Governor Kacheri. I think I feel like when Governor Armando ran, she ran on a lot of the on a lot a lot of the policies that he had sort of um, initiated. Like if we talk about the uh, the wind turbine farm off Block Island, right? So I mean, whatever the opinion about that energy is, just aside from that, he. He was the one who put that entire, I mean, I think he pretty much packaged that entire plan. I mean, that was like him. And then when she was running, she had those windmills and those wind turbines in the background. She, like, took the credit for a lot of the initiatives that he came up with. I, I noticed that. I don't know if anyone else noticed that. I know it was a while ago when she was first running for governor. But did any, did you guys notice that as well? She was like kind of taking credit for a lot of his stuff. Well, if you, if you take the actual cost per kilowatt versus traditional energy, he, he should want somebody else to take the credit and stay away from it because it's, it's a financial disaster. And maybe at some point it will get lower. But right now, if you take the, it's three to four times what it costs for the wind turbine, what it costs for general electric, general electrical manufacturing. So I, if I was Kajiri, I'd want her to take the credit and I'd want to walk away and uh, protect my legacy. <laughs> well, you know, again, our own Department of Energy tells us, I think it's the fourth or fifth least productive. I mean, it's solar, solar and wind are at the bottom. I don't dispute that at all. I mean, we, we I mean, we know that nuclear is number one, you know, but I think just in general, though, I, I think that she she took. I mean, it doesn't matter. I think the public perception is something different, though, Chris. I mean, we we could talk about the you know the financial and the the cost of it, but I think the the public opinion on it is swaying towards it. I I would I would agree a hundred percent. I'm sorry, I would agree a hundred percent because you've got uh, um, who's our governor name. Current governor, Dan yeah. McKee? Dan McKee. So, <laughs> yeah, Dan McKee is taking credit that we're about the only state in the first state to do it. You know, trailblazers take arrows. And um, there may be some point, like, again, I love a gas-powered car. But I am considering my next SUV from Cadillac to, to be an electric one. Ford and Volkswagen and General Motors are saying that there won't be any more gasoline-powered cars in 2030. So what, what do I know? You know, there are people a lot smarter than me who, who are making those decisions. And maybe at some point the batteries will be so much better than they are now. You've got people like Bill Gates putting hundreds of millions of dollars into creating new battery types. So maybe this is just, a, um, uh, just an issue. When I used to go on vacation on the Cape years ago, it would take my computer 20 minutes before it would upload so I could get on the computer and work. And now it takes about five seconds. So maybe I'm all wrong and I don't see the whole big picture. But right now, there's no question that it's extremely expensive to have uh, wind power right where it is on Block Island. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Well, we'll see what happens Thank in, you. in the future. And yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks for the call. We appreciate it. You're on the Upfront program on WNRI, and we have a message. 
Scott McGee of REMAX Properties brings his years of real estate experience to you, whether buying or selling. Check out this property currently on the market from the McGee team. For sale at $324,900 is a nice-looking property at uh, 69 Greenville Road in North Smithfield. Ready to go. Unique. It's zoned as a single family, but actually has been set up with two kitchens, one on the first floor, one on the second. It consists of uh, three to four bedrooms and two full baths. If used as a single family, you have plenty of room to spread out. The house can be maintained throughout the years. And it has um, current vinyl siding and replacement windows in good shape. Nice backyard. And um, there's a lot of bonuses to this property. Talk about it with Scott McGee at 639-2906. 639-2906, Scott McGee. He'd love to talk to you. Matthew and Nelvin invite you to drop off your laundry at M&N Laundromat. We wash, dry, fold when you drop off for only a dollar a pound. Includes detergent, bleach softener, dryer sheets with clear plastic bags. Pickup and delivery is available too. We have all commercial front load machines, 20 pounds, 30, 40, 60 pounds, and 80 pound washers. And enjoy our 65 inch flat screen TV and free Wi-Fi while you're here. Commercial accounts are also welcome including nursing homes and restaurants. We have the equipment to do the big jobs with washers up to 100 pounds and dryers up to 45 pounds. Have a question? Call us at 769-9661. The husband and wife team, Matthew and Nell, invite you to stop by our 389 Willow Street location. Matt is a Woonsocket native and proud to say M&N Laundromat is locally owned and operated. Champs Liquors for Keyway, 481 Clinton Street, Woonsocket, still featuring flip-flop wines. A California winery that has crafted a variety of wines that are fun, fruit-flavored, with amazing taste. Listen to what we have. Two bottles of flip-flop wine for $10, including Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, Pink Moscato, regular Moscato, Chardonnay, and Pinot Grigio. Again, two bottles for $10, mix and match. And our newest wine edition comes from Italy. Check out the Stella Rosa collection. It's a semi-sweet wine offered in a variety of tastes including peach, blackberry, blueberry watermelon, and green apple to mention a few, and affordably priced at $11.99 or $12.99. Goes well with a wide range of appetizers, entrees, and desserts. And yes, we continue the best price in town on Bud or Bud Light. 30-pack, $26.47 plus tax. We're open daily, 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. For a great selection of beer and wine and spirits. You can count on Champs Liquors, 481 Clinton Street. Inside or outside dining, or your favorite pickup order from Grumpy's Restaurant in Bellingham. Open seven days a week with a great luncheon menu and a full menu from burgers to steaks to seafood and mouth-watering Italian dishes, including pizzas, on one of the best menus in the area. Hungry today or tonight? Come in and enjoy friendly service, reasonable prices, and great food at Grumpy's. Call ahead for pickup or to place a reservation to dine in at 508-883-0101. Grumpy's Restaurant, 190 Pulaski Boulevard in Bellingham. Grubhub delivery is available. Now remember, they're open at uh, noontime today with $5.99 luncheon specials, including a half a grilled uh, cheese pizza. Five ninety nine. You can't beat that. And on Monday through Thursday, today being Thursday, they're ten dollar dinner specials at night, starting at four o'clock. And uh, I'm reading from one of their recent menus. This is not the menu for tonight. 
but it shows you the variety. Smoky Mountain Chicken, $10. Mussel Zupa over pasta, $10. Barbecued Pulled Pork Quesadilla, $10 at Coastal and Fries. Chicken and Broccoli Scampi served over pasta. Black and Blue Chicken. This is tender chicken breast. Dry rubbed Cajun spices and grilled and topped with caramelized onions and blue cheese crumbles and served with your choice of two homemade sides. $10 dinner special. Those are a couple of recent $10 dinner specials. I don't know what's on the menu tonight. Discover it yourself at Grumpy's. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. This is the Upfront program, Thursday program with... Uh, Roger and Chris, and so are you ready to uh, do some more calls, so Mr. Chris, or do you want to introduce the topic? Please? No, no, they've been waiting for the commercial, absolutely okay. haven't. All right, let's do it. Hello there, thank you for your call. Good morning. This is a unique question, I believe. In the state of Rhode Island and Massachusetts, um, a teacher can collect widow's pension as long as they're still working. When they retire, the pension is no longer given. We are only two states in the United States that do that. How can that be constitutionally uh, right? It, it boggles my mind. Everybody else that may have worked for the state or towns, etc., can collect widow's pension, but a teacher cannot. Hey, do you have an answer for this lady? Well, well, I, I think the constitutionality, I, I, I think, is, is a red herring. W w the issue would be whether it is correct or not. I know in the 80s, uh, it was Ronald the Ronald Reagan administration where they had a Social Security offset where uh, federal employees would have an offset so they couldn't collect the Social Security and windfall. Uh, they call it the windfall. They couldn't collect Social Security to a full amount and they couldn't collect their pension to a full amount. And that does penalize a lot of people. And I think it's unfair. I would separate unfair versus constitutionally, but it start, that starts with your state rep or your state senator and give them a call and say, look, this is, this is penal. Um, let, me give you, let me give you another example. Um, since you mentioned two states, which comes to mind, uh, I lease all my vehicles. I, I think owning them is a bad thing, so I lease them and I get rid of them. There are only two states in the United States who charge sales tax on top of property oh, yeah. tax. Mm -hmm. North Carolina, which has very low uh, property tax, and, and Rhode Island. So if you receive, if you live, you live in North Fairfield, so if you, yeah. if you lease a car in North Fairfield and you are not the direct owner of that car, you're the, you're the lessor, not the, you're the lessee, not the lessor. So what happens is the bill is, comes, from, comes from North Fairfield, it goes to the, say it's GM Financial, GM Financial pays North Smithfield, and then they add it onto your bill for a thousand dollars. Rhode Island expects them, they and they accommodate them. They charge seven percent on the thousand dollars, so it's a tax on a tax. It's not even a law. What happened is, some smart guy in the Department of Revenue said it's gross receipts. Yeah. 
So I had this conversation with my rep, rep Phillips all the time, and it's about $25 million per year that the state depends on it. But it is so unfair. That much a, money, huh? A tax on a tax, Raj. You know, it's it's ridiculous. That's so, why it didn't disappear. The twenty five million, exactly. But it, it will it will kind of disappear in the sense that our property taxes for our cars are being diminished over six years. So I'm kind of not as hot and bothered about it because my tax bill for for twenty two hundred dollars in Wasaka would go down to to four hundred eventually to zero. Is that unconstitutional? No, it's not. Is that unfair? I sure think it is. So I, to me. Um, if it affects you or it affects somebody that you love, you pick up the phone, you have a conversation with your rep and say, it's a hey, state matter. yeah, it's a state matter. This is, this is over, uh, this is a, something that's been overlooked and, and I think it's penal. You can't cling to the constitution on this one here. <laughs> okay. And the okay. one other thing, when the, the market went down, I put my guaranteed, uh, uh, annuities in a full, for, um, let me see, in a guarantee, I, I took my, I should say my 403B and put it in guaranteed annuities at five and a half. Mm-hmm. Now, when you get to a certain age, you know you have to withdraw so much. Right. What I've been doing with that, just rolling it over in, into another um, 401, but I'd like to roll it over into an educational. Will I pay taxes on that withdrawal if it's going into a educational account for grandkids? Well, let me give you the caveat that I'm a financial advisor and I don't give lack, uh, tax or legal advice. However, I can't answer that question because it's pretty basic, is yes. So if you remove $10,000 from your IRA, uh, that becomes taxable. And then if you decide that you want to put that into a 529 plan for college education for your right. grandchildren, that... Um, you can't avoid the taxes. However, when that money is in there, as long as it's used for higher education expenses, and that's very, very broad. That could be a computer. That could be um, uh, uh, books. That could be a lot of different things, tuition, what have you. Um, you it grows tax def- uh, deferred, and you take it out tax-free. So if you take that $10,000 and you put it in a 529 plan, it grows to $20,000, and your grandchild uses it for college education, that entire $20,000 will be tax-deferred and tax-free. And what you have to take out every year? After I think it's seventy one and a half. No. It, it, it's seventy two now. It, 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 I, I thought they were going to make it seventy five, but it was seventy and a half. Now it's seventy two. Age seventy two. Do you think that it is a smart idea to roll it over into educational? Well, what would you do with it? Well, because if you don't need it, yeah. and you know it's according to what you have in, it may be fifteen thousand you have to take exactly. out. Exactly. And if you don't owe any debt. And I don't believe, I'm thinking of renting a car. My cars are 15 and 20 years old, but they have like 88,000 and my truck and the other one has 120. Mm-hmm. Um, they're still going. They look pretty good. I think cars are a bad investment. Yeah, well, you, you're not a candidate for leasing if you're putting that kind of miles. But, but go back to your, your original question. I've been doing this for a while now, and I realized that people love their kids. But they really love their grandkids. So if you can do it, Our and you... Our kids are all taken care of. Right. Three out, two out of college. Yeah. And less major universities. They had good scholarships because they were good athletes and decent students. But I have, like, two different families, 10 years apart. So I have two in high school. And I'm looking to say, if my grandkids can get out of colleges, that they would have paid $270,000 in four years... 
and end up paying with us, paying monthly, you know, stipends. Yeah. The tuition, let's say, is half. Yeah, so if, if, yeah. so if, yeah, if you if you if you can do it, it's great. The only caveat I'd give you another tax um, thought or, or another tax, not a tax thought, but regarding um, regarding college uh, tuition. If you're going to do that, keep it in your name because as a grandparent, the kids will not have to report it uh, for their expected family contribution. So if you put it in your children's name, they're expected to report that for college education as, as assets. Put it in your name. Put your, my recommendation, put it in your name. Put your children as a, as a subsequent owner. Have your grandchildren as a beneficiary. So when they do go to college, that money is basically hidden uh, for, for financial reporting. We, we you three we, down, two to go, but yeah. start off if you, yeah. life with only 20000 today. You're leaving a legacy. If you can help out your grandkids, uh, more power to you. Thank you. Thanks for the call. Okay. This yeah. is the Upfront Program on WNR. I've got to take another call before we take another break. Hello. Thank you for your holding. Good morning. You're welcome. I should like to make a couple comments, please. Absolutely. Um, you've been talking this morning about um, the whole Bitcoin thing, and this has been an ongoing debate back and forth, back and forth between a lot of people. But every time I hear this conversation, I just keep having a reminder of the um, tulip um, crash in Holland in the, in the 17th century. Um, that was a disaster to the Dutch economy. And, and for people who don't know what it was, um, basically... Um, Tulip bulbs were sort of like the Bitcoin of, of that moment, and people were trading like one tulip bulb for a whole farm. Now, you were really lucky if you got the farm, and if you end up with a tulip bulb and then the, the market crashed, you were not so lucky. So I'm just thinking that um, it's very similar to that, and, and the, the whole kind of speculation thing is kind of out of control. Well, well yes, I mean... I, I have not been doing this for a hundred years, but I've been doing this for a while. And yes, that's the example I use because, as you know, during your history, what happens? Somebody realized, why am I paying this amount of money for a tulip? Exactly. And, and, it, and then the, the market just crashed, and I was saying, "Why are you doing that?" And so, for, for me, I just see very powerful people who don't have who have an incentive for this not to succeed. So, if you're the Federal Reserve and you're protecting the American dollar, and that's the economy is built on that, Federal Reserve was started in 1913 to to help facilitate the banking system, what have you. Well, if Bitcoin replaces that, then that's a problem. If you're the European banking system and it replaces that that's a problem i just can't i can just see the day and i don't know when it's going to happen um who when this is going to be considered worthless however there's a rock star invest and um investor who you may have not have heard of who i think the world of her name is kathy wood and she thinks that bitcoin is going to go up by tenfold you can look her up i don't agree with that she's a lot smarter than i am and i i think the world of her so everyone's got a different opinion but i my my gut chris boulet's gut says that at some point people are going to realize well, why are you investing in this however like the one, the one of the previous callers you have to see the sucker go from five thousand to fifty thousand and then you miss it that used to be gold and silver you used to fill that gap so but the problem with this is that ultimately, if you're in on the on the rising tide, so to speak, then you are going to come out ahead. 
like a pyramid scheme, and that's what it reminds me of. Uh, yeah, I, I agree, and I, and, I, and I could be dead wrong. You know, you, you've got some very, very smart people who are doing it. But I just think about it. Say you, you buy a, a, a nice Tesla, and right. it's $110,000, and you use two Bitcoins. So you buy the car, and all of a sudden, now the Bitcoin is worth $80,000. You know, that's that's odd. And or the Bitcoin goes down to $20,000. Is that the way you want to run an economy where your, your currency varies so much? We're up in arms right now because Social Security checks are going to go up 5.9%, which is the highest amount in, in 40 years. So everyone collecting Social Security is going to get a boost of 5.9%. And we're up in arms. How would you like to have an economy built on something like a Bitcoin or general cryptocurrency where the sucker goes up 30%? You might, it's like the wheelbarrows back in Germany in 1930s or going in the, in the opposite way because it will go the opposite way. To me, it's just not sustainable and I could be the guy like Thomas Watson in the 1950s, the head of IBM who said, there's a room for about five computers in this world and that's about it. So I could be that guy. <laughs> you could be. But I'm just making an observation that it really is a pyramid scheme and if you're on the rising end of it, that's fine. But if you're, but if you're not, you're caught on, on, the, on the downward spiral, you are really caught. You're not the first person. Especially if you don't have money. Oh, absolutely. You're not the first person to be suspicious of the, <laughs> yeah. the okay. currency. Thank you. Have a great Thank day. You. Thank Bye. you. Bye-bye. Back in a moment. This is John Martin with an AARP Rhode Island update. Here's an invitation to take part in the conclusion of Parks and Outdoor Spaces, a catalyst for age-friendly, livable communities. It's a series presented by AARP Rhode Island and Age-Friendly Rhode Island, and it's coming up free and online Tuesday, October 19th at 10 a.m. The final installment is a panel discussion among leaders previously featured, talking about how you can be a steward in your own community. Our guests are Dr. Robert Billington of the Blackstone Valley Tourism Council, DEM's Terrence Gray, Alicia Lair of the Wenaskutucket River Watershed Council, and the Nature Conservancy's John Torgan. They'll focus on the resources each organization stewards and how they work together to strike a balance to preserve outdoor spaces while ensuring accessibility for all. It's coming up Tuesday, October 19th at 10 a.m. Don't miss it. Register today at www.aarp.org slash events. Thank you, thank you, and thank you. The winners of the Calls Reader's Choice Awards are announced. Best radio station, WNRI. That's 10 years in a row now. Best radio program, The Upfront Program. Best radio personality, Wayne Bobber and his three WNRI programs. Your vote of confidence is genuinely appreciated. From all of us at WNRI AM and FM, thank you. Since 1954. The Northern Rhode Island Council of the Arts is celebrating French heritage at Cellos in One Socket on Sunday, October 17th from 11.30 a.m. until 10 p.m. Enjoy popular French cuisine such as French onion soup, pâté chinois, and French meat pie. Cellos will donate up to 20% of your check to the Council of the Arts. To participate, all you need is to present a special event card which can be obtained at a Cut Above Hair Salon, Velo's Flowers, The Honey Shop, Missy's Family Restaurant, Timeless Antiques, Vos True Value Hardware, or online at the Northern Rhode Island Council of the Arts website. Everyone who participates will be entered to win free prizes. 
Autumn has arrived at Dilu Flowers. Check out our hottie mum selection, including hangers with vinca vine in all colors and sizes. See our fall perennials and newly arrived indoor hangers. Dish gardens, too. Every day, fresh flower arrangements and cut flowers. Native produce picked up daily. Cubics brand pellets for heating this winter. Available by the bag or the ton. Infernal ice melt now available. And we also carry washable face masks. Outdoor fall decorations, straw, corn stalks, gourds, pumpkins, including sugar pumpkins. We'll be loose flowers and more. 665 Diamond Hill Road in Socket. The go-to place for authentic Italian dining is Savini's Pomodoro Italian Kitchen and Bar. Over 20 Italian dishes made to order from our menu. Or experience our Sicilian-style pizza. Build your own while you choose from your veggies, meats and cheeses, and of course our traditional family-style chicken dinner is offered every day. Savini's Pomodoro on Rathbun Street with affordable accommodations for weddings, birthdays, anniversaries, and business meetings. Close Mondays open Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 4, Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays at noon. For reservations, call 762-5114. That's 762-5114. Savini's Pomodoro Italian Kitchen and Bar, 476 Rathbun Street, Woonsocket. Hi, this is Gina Savini, inviting you to join us at our family-owned businesses, Savini's or Ciro's, perfect for any event. And uh, Gina was pointing out uh, when we were in there on Saturday night uh, after our Autumn Fest duties, a couple of things, nice new salad bar has been reopened and uh of course it's been redesigned based on you know where we are in terms of uh of covert and all that but uh yeah you can do a salad bar now and you can do it safely and they're doing it there as uh, savini's pomodoro and then the new horseshoe bar remember that uh, the older bar when you walked into savini's on the left hand side before you walked into the, the dining room that's been redesigned new tvs in there and it's all um reappointed and nice and very intimate, too, for a horseshoe bar. Come on in and uh, join us. We'll be open at 4 o'clock today at Savini's Pomodoro Italian Kitchen and Bar. They have great, um, one of my favorites is the uh, fish Francaise. Nice, nice uh, recipe. Reminds me a little bit of the old Vercelli's, um, but better. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. The panel has reconvened. It is uh, Roger and uh, Chris Boulay. We've had some interesting calls today. We're, today we're talking about money, right, and uh, and how to how to not lose it. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I guess that's why people hire you, right? Uh, they got a certain they have a certain stack of money. And they don't want it to dissipate. They want it to increase. Yeah, and, and I hope the audience understands that we're talking to thousands of people. So my advice is going to be generic. We don't give tax or legal advice. So I can only be so specific. And I always, my, my cell phone is part of the public domain. So I'm always willing to talk to folks. But uh, what might be good for one individual is not good for the other. And we're in a very regulated environment. So I got an email here. And I don't know if it's an insult or a compliment. So I'm going to read it. Maybe you can interpret it. I know you'll understand it. Uh, so here it goes. Uh, the email says, if Chris Boulay is the Tucker Carlson of WNRI, that makes Roger Bouchard the Chris Wallace of WNRI. 
Did I, I think I got insulted, right? Well, you know, I really, I liked and respected Chris Wallace, except we all have one time in our career where we put make a boo-boo, and he really mistreated Donald Trump during the debate, and it hurt him. But I, I find him to be very intelligent, and just because somebody, uh, I don't have to agree with everything they say, um, but I, I don't think that's an insult, and I think uh, Chris Wallace is, uh, is a valuable journalist. All right. <laughs> Thank you for saving me. This, uh, this emailer, incidentally, uh, he, he is um, one that uh, is anti-vaccine and, and all that. And, and, of course, I got my vaccines. And as a matter of fact, I, I have to have them. I'm going to Canada uh, in a few days. And uh, you don't go in there unless you're tested, you're vac- vaccinated. Um, and um, also, they want to know who, who your financial advisor was. I told them it was you. All right. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Thank you. Next call on the Upfront program, you're on. Hello? Yes, Hello. good morning. Hi. First, I must apologize for what I said about the people who were accosted when trying to complain to the governor on his property, uh, while the lady called right after me, and I, um, I was improperly informed. It was much more egregious than I thought, and thanks for defending me. I didn't disagree with her all. I just didn't realize it was that really that bad. I'm even more outraged now. Yeah, we understand. Okay. Second, um, I asked a question of the superintendent about, you know, stocks and bonds and everything, and I get the feeling from the answer I received from him that things that should be getting at least one to two hours of class time every week are maybe getting 15 minutes sometime during the semester. The question was, uh, Chris, uh, that why isn't uh, economics and, you know, the concept of capitalism and so forth taught in the schools? You, you know, and, and my, my knee-jerk reaction, I, 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 the caller, I, I agree with you, it should be emphasized. And I think about, I, I didn't have to go to school for that. My father, you know, drilled that stuff into me. But uh, you, you're right. We, I think you're right and you're wrong. I think you're right about having more emphasis on it. But also, it's it's what we don't, you and I and... Uh, and, and others don't like that government's taking more and more of a role in the family to so the family's not important. My father used to drag me to jobs and teach me how he priced them. He used to drag me to the bank and teach me about things. But I know what you're saying. Well, I, I, I don't, well, I don't think it's a family issue. I mean, maybe sex education is a big-time family issue and stuff like that. But I think teaching that capitalism is good and why communism is bad is just a matter of fact because it's been proven that communism fails every time it's tried. And I don't think really teaching that in school is an effect on the family. And quite honestly, when I hear, well, you know, um, different forms of government are mentioned in our social, or in our social studies classes. I, that doesn't cut it. Okay, I, I think I think we're I think we're in agreement. I'm sorry. I just want to clarify. I'm I'm just saying. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing that they're teaching. I think it's great. In my my situation, whatever they emphasized at school, it was more emphasized at home. I just feel like we're looking for the schools to do more and more. But is there room there? And I think we can agree on one thing. Anybody who teaches the kids that America's bad and we're all uh, uh, racist and they hate America, that's the worst possible outcome. Oh, y- yes, of course, 100%. But the fact that America's good, I don't think they're pushing that anywhere near enough. And I don't think teaching someone macroeconomics really impales on my part 
as a family member, and I, and I, and I did bring up the fact that, you know, I didn't, maybe I didn't actually use the term macroeconomics, but teaching someone macroeconomics, you know, it's easier than algebra. They say, well, well we can't teach five-year-olds, uh, uh, we can, I mean, five, fifth graders macroeconomics. Well, you teach them algebra, don't you? Don't tell me it's more complicated because it's not. Agreed. So that should be in there. And it should be a, a course that's a weekly course at least, not this thing that, well, we have a social studies course and over 55 st subjects, it gets one sentence in there somewhere. Or, or, or like they said, well, we teach about different forms of government. You teach about different, and, and you probably teach, oh, they all have their good points and their bad points and this and that. And no, that's not enough. It's not good enough. I don't want to hear it. You need to teach that a republic, a, a democratic republic such as we have, has been proven to be the best form of government because we have done better than any other government in this world. Agreed. America is the greatest country in the world. My kids can finish the sentence. Only 4% of the world's population is born in America. I literally wake up every day being proud of being American and, and grateful. I couldn't control where I was born. I could have been born in another country. You know, I'm better off than 99.99% of the world because of that. And I recognize it, and it bothers me, it bothers you, when the message is America's not good because it's well, wrong. Now, I'd like to say one last thing. I got a friend at work, and he believes in critical race theory, and he's all upset with me and says I'm stupid because... He's already told me I'm stupid hey. because I don't understand. We're out of that. time. We've just run out. I mean, we're right at oh. 9 o'clock. Sorry. Uh, we love to hear you call us. Call early, and we'll, we'll finish right. up. But thanks for the clarification. Well, ask him why right. they're all coming here. Yep. It's 9 o'clock at WNRI. We'll see you on Tuesday, sir. My pleasure. Bye-bye. Have a good day. News this hour from townhall.com. I'm Rich Thomason. A bow and arrow attack that killed five people appears to be an act of terrorism. That, according to Norway's domestic security agency. Police in Norway say the suspect, a Danish man, is a Muslim convert previously flagged as having been radicalized. The man is suspected of having shot at people in a number of locations in the town of Kongsberg on Wednesday evening. Several of the victims were in a supermarket. The victims were four women and one man between the ages of 50 and 70. Police were alerted just after 6 p.m. on Wednesday to a man shooting with a bow and arrows in Kongsberg, some 41 miles southwest of Oslo. Officers made contact with the suspect, but he escaped and wasn't caught until 35 minutes after the attack began. Officials believe that the man didn't start killing people until police arrived on the scene. I'm Zaria Shakli. A building fire in southern Taiwan. It blazed out of control for hours overnight, leaving at least 46 people dead. The number of unemployment applications tumbling to its lowest level since the start of the pandemic. The Labor Department says unemployment claims dropped by 36,000 to 293,000 last week. It's the second straight drop and the smallest number of people to apply for benefits since March 2020 when the pandemic intensified. Many businesses struggling to fill jobs have held on to their workers. Hiring has slowed in the past two months, even as companies and other employers have posted a near-record number of open jobs. Correspondent Jeremy House. China rising, preparing to send several astronauts to its space station for six months. A new milestone for a program that has advanced rapidly in recent years. Watching Wall Street this morning, Dow features up 294 points. NASDAQ features 158 points higher. More on these stories at townhall.com. Thank you.
Speaking with Cara Benjamin of the Benjamin Insurance Agency. Cara, tell us about your agency. We started our agency from scratch, which means we opened with no customers. We have grown because of all the friends, family, and locals that supported us over the years. We are a family business, mother and daughter team. You get two generations coming together and get the best of both worlds. And what do you provide at the Benjamin Agency? If you come to see me, Kara, I will help you review and protect the most important assets in your life. We offer protection for personal and business lines of insurance in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. My mother, Celeste, will help you plan for retirement and assist you with protecting your family by providing life insurance. The Allstate Benjamin Agency, 125 Eddie Darling Highway, North Smithfield, 765-5000 for the protection you need, the service you want. Across from CVS at Dowling Village. Also in Bellingham at 72 South Main Street. 976. At least three people killed, many more injured during a protest in Beirut by Hezbollah and its allies against the lead judge probing last year's massive explosion in the city's port. The BBC's Anna Foster is there. What began as a protest against Judge Tarek Bitar outside the Palace of Justice this morning with chanting and marching has escalated significantly. There's now heavy rolling gunfire in the streets of Badaro in central Beirut. You can hear the Lebanese armed forces moving into position and now very loud explosions as they try to work out where the firing is coming from. And at this stage, there's such a level of confusion that nobody knows for sure who is firing at who. Participants in a Holocaust Remembrance Conference in Sweden blaming social media for contributing to a global rise in anti-Semitism. News and analysis at townhall.com. Profits soar at Delta Airlines, raking in $1.2 billion in the third quarter. Delta says travel demand is improving after flattening out in late summer when coronavirus cases spiked in the U.S., but lucrative corporate and international travel continues to lag. Meanwhile, Delta is trying to set its own course on vaccine policy. Unlike other airlines, Delta is letting employees pick regular testing as an alternative to getting their shots. That could run afoul of President Biden's order that federal contractors require their employees to be vaccinated, not tested in place of getting vaccinated. Keith Peters reporting. A Texas federal judge blocking United Airlines from placing unvaccinated employees on unpaid leave. If those workers are seeking a religious or a medical exemption to that airline's COVID vaccine mandate. Once again on Wall Street this hour, Dow features up 283 points. More on these stories at townhall.com. WNRI Winsocket. Weather sponsored by John the Roofer. Over 70 years strong. Hire the best because you live under that roof. 866-906-ROOF. 866-906-7663. On the web at johntheroofer.com. The nice weather continues today. In fact, the warmest day of the week. Unseasonably warm. A high close to 80. 78 degrees. The expected high this afternoon. Clear skies. Plenty of sunshine throughout the day. Warm overnight. 58 degrees. And stays nice on your Friday. 74. Sunny skies. Clouds will build up in the afternoon. Leading into some light overnight shower activity with a high of 63. When we get into Saturday, we'll return to the mid-70s.